Yeah, what is up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of Bauman's Breakdown. I really appreciate you guys taking the time again with me here for another week, another show, another podcast, man. Thank you so much wherever you are listening from and however you are listening to this I really appreciate you guys checking it out, whether you got it from ballmansbreakdown.podbean.com or iTunes or Podcast Addict or another app that allows you to check this out. I really appreciate it. You guys are great. I'm so happy that I'm back in the saddle doing this again, man. It's really fun to bring this stuff to you. I'm just so excited. I've had a lot of a lot of really good shows lately. Nothing More's Daniel Oliver, Kyle and Dylan from Stretch. And this week I'm really excited because I'm giving you a conversation I actually had a few months back with a local musician who's from Northwest Ohio, the band Illumira. And I'm talking about Sean, a.k.a. Donovan Black, the vocalist for Illumira. These guys have made a lot of noise in the local scene over the last couple of years. And actually my first exposure to Illumira was at the Nothing More show. When they opened for Seven Dust back in August of 2013, the band that came on before Nothing More was Illumira, and they were great. They had an awesome set. I thought that Sean's energy on stage was incredible. I thought that the band's song sounded really well worked, and it was really cool because they had their own thing going on, and I'm, I, I'm a big proponent of that. It's really awesome when I see bands that have their own unique sound and their own unique flavor and Illumira definitely does. And getting a chance to talk to Sean, I did a story back in October. They had their second annual Halloween Havoc show. And Sean also works with uh, Innovation Concerts locally. So that was his baby, basically, that he's put together. And I believe it was the second annual Halloween Havoc show this year. And there was a lot of bands. Everybody dresses up. It was really cool. He was super stoked about it. So I did a story about that show which i'll put the link up on the website at bombersbreakdown.podbean.com so if you want to check out that story you will be able to see it when you check out this show as well but it was really cool getting a chance to talk to him he and i are basically the same age you know we grew up in the same same time frame as far as life goes and uh have grown up with a lot of the same music and and we talked a lot about that we talked about his experience growing up in a small town and how he got to where he is right now as far as being a performer and what they're trying to do with Illumira. As you'll hear in this, the band has gone through some changes, and they've had a few bumps in the road, but these guys are so happy to be playing shows again, and they're working really, really, really hard on their debut full-length, A New World in Order. And I know some of you are like, what's up with this, man? Illumira, A New World in Order? Is there some type of Illuminati thing going on? We talk about that, okay? We talk about it. But Sean is a really good dude, and I'm really excited to see these guys and what the future holds for them because they're a really great-sounded band. You can check them out at facebook.com forward slash Illumira, and they will also be performing at the March Madness show here in Toledo, Ohio on March 13th. So like I keep saying, man, if you guys are looking for a little fun road trip, if you're only a couple hours away, hop in the car with your buddies. It's 7 bucks to get in. There's going to be 20-plus bands two stages i want to say it's going to be iggy's and frankie's but these guys are going to be part of that as well but it was really awesome to get a chance to talk to sean aka donovan black you will also hear the story about his stage name in this and this one's from the archives a little bit like i said it's from a few months back 
And as I've mentioned, probably ad nauseum on this podcast, um, I've definitely gone through some changes in my life too. So uh, now that I'm recording on my own and bringing these shows to you guys, um, I, I have some some old conversations, some oldies but goodies that I'm that I'm giving you. And this one's not that old. Like I said, it was only from like October. And uh, these guys are, like I said, excited to be playing live again. I that was one of my top three shows that I've ever been to. When I saw Illumira, Nothing More, and Seven Dust, as far as the bill front to back and the energy from the opening band to the the main act, the headliner, if you will, Illumira, Nothing More, and Seven Dust was one of my top three favorite shows. Right up there with when I saw Kill Switch, Shadows Fall, and Akaro at the same venue, headliners back in December of 2012, I want to say. Yeah, it was December 2012 because that's when Kill Switch played Alive or Just Breathing in its entirety. They had that tour to celebrate the 10-year Annie of uh, Alive or Just Breathing. Freaking awesome show. Shadows Fall killed it. Akaro, who played before them, killed it. Check out their album as well. Just look up Akaro. It's called The Disease of Fear, and it's a really, really freaking good record. Mike D. from Killswitch actually did the artwork for that album, and the whole thing is awesome, and there's a really awesome song on there that struck a chord with me called Becoming the Process. It's great. whole album is great. They were awesome. Shadows Fall was awesome, and Killswitch Engage killed it, man. I've seen them twice now, and they were awesome. And I actually went to that show by myself because my buddies Dave and Chad, as I've mentioned before, decided to go to a football game. But nothing against that. Hey, man, they had fun. You know, we all we all still had fun that day, but... I don't know how they passed up seeing Killswitch Engage in our backyard, man. That was so freaking cool. And they killed it. They absolutely killed it. And Alive or Just Breathing is my favorite Killswitch Engage record. I love all their stuff, but that record just really strikes a chord with me. It's an awesome, awesome record. A game changer, really, as far as what's come to be known as the metalcore genre, if you will. There's so many subgenres now. To me, if it rocks, it rocks. You know what I mean? Call it what you want to call it. But if it's real and you feel it, it's music, baby. And that record's awesome. But Illumira, Nothing More, and Seven Dust was right up there with that show. The The best show I've ever seen was Metallica, Machine Head, and The Sword up at Joe Louis Arena back in January of 2009. I was a junior in college, and I think we paid like 85 bucks for the ticket, but that got us a copy of Death Magnetic. We were 11 rows from the floor with aisle seats. And we also got a digital download of the show. So to me, to see Metallica, Machine Head, and freaking The Sword for that price to get all that was absolutely incredible. Best show I've ever been to. Probably a little biased as well because that's my favorite band of all time is Metallica. They are the band that opened Pandora's box for me for heavy music. My oldest brother, Brandon, who I have a lot in common with as far as music tastes and that type of thing go... Um, he really was the one that kind of got me into them. And actually, a funny story, the first CD I ever bought, and I want you guys to think about this too when you listen to this, because you'll look back and go, oh my gosh, you know, when you look at when you first started to get into music. First CD I ever bought, there used to be this place called CD Warehouse in Toledo, and it was on Monroe Street, and they had used CDs, new CDs, the whole kit and caboodle. And that was back in the time. This is 1997. I was nine years old. That was back in the day when 
record companies were really making some good money on CD. So before the album would come out, you'd get like the three song EP, which would feature like the single and maybe a live cut and a remix, right? So at that time, that was when Metallica had really like stirred the pot. Everybody was freaking out because they cut their hair. They they toured for I don't even know how many years straight on the Black Album. And then they took a break ski and came back with Load. And everybody was like, oh my God, they cut their hair. What's going on? And there was like, I think there were some magazine pictures where Kirk and Lars were like, I don't, I don't even remember. It was like, I don't know if it was that they kissed in a picture or something. And every, so everybody was like going freaking out about their image, really, you know. But Until It Sleeps was the single, one of the singles. I, it may have been the first single from Load. So at that time, you know, I was like eight years old in 96 when that when that one dropped. So 96, 97, we're talking now. That was the song I heard on the radio. I loved it. It's still, it's still a great song. Still love that song to this day. And the video was really crazy. Kind of had like some heaven and hell type imagery and stuff. And it was just a great, great track. Still holds up in my opinion. I know people kill Metallica for Load and Reload. But really one of my favorite Metallica songs of all time is Bleeding Me. And that was in that cycle for them. So I I don't care what anybody says about that period for them. I, I think there was a lot of great stuff in there. But anyway, so Until It Sleeps was the big Metallica song that was on the radio. And obviously at eight years old, nine years old, I'm not really seeking out music. I'm pretty much hearing whatever I listen to when I, you know, go to hockey games with my dad and my brother and my sister or, you know, whatever my dad's playing in the living room stereo, right? And my grandpa, God rest his soul, Great man. I learned a lot from him. I love him very, very much. I miss him every day. Vic Ratty, awesome human being, taught me a lot about life and how to treat people. But he and my grandma, for like every holiday, would always give the kids, me and my other nine cousins, they, they would always give us cards. They always made a big deal about our birthday. I'm a really lucky guy, man. I have an amazing family. I'm very blessed, and I love them very, very much. But they would always give us a card for like Easter, you know, Christmas, all that good stuff. So... I believe it was with the 10 or 15 bucks Easter money I got from my grandpa. I went to CD Warehouse with my mom when I was nine years old. This is third grade. It was like a Sunday afternoon. Go to CD Warehouse, and I just see this CD that's got like this kind of, kind of like in the movies where they so show those like psychology, you know images and they they ask you what it reminds you of and it might look like kind of like a butterfly or something but they kind of want to see what's going on in your head or whatever i remember the artwork being kind of like that and it just said metallica until it sleeps and it was like a three or four song ep so i didn't know i didn't know the names of the albums or anything i just saw metallica until it sleeps and i was like i want that so i buy it my mom's there with me to get it because there's a parental advisory thing on there and i'm nine so i go home Put it in the entertainment center. You know, my dad was still to this day is very handy. He was always good at hooking stuff up. So he had a nice sound system in the the living room, the living room stereo at the time. And I put that in, and the first track is the studio version of Until It Sleeps, you know. I'm headbanging. And mind you, at this time, I looked like Dwight Schrute from The Office. I had hair parted down the middle. I had these, these kind of bigger glasses. You know, when you're a kid, your head's smaller. So when you have glasses and stuff, depending on the size of them, you kind of – you know, they, they're kind of big for your face. That picture is on Twitter, by the way. You can check it out at, at Mike V. Bauman on my Twitter page. I put that up a couple weeks ago. But I did. I looked I looked 
eerily like Dwight Schrute. And as a matter of fact, I, I think maybe the office might might owe me some royalties. Just kidding. But anyway, so I put it in. I'm jamming out to Until It Sleeps. And then like the second song on this three or four song Metallica Until It Sleeps EP is just James Hatfield MF in it, man. It's a live cut, and he's just MF in it. And I remember my mom came into the living room, and she's like, Mike, honey, you know, you're nine years old. We got to take that back. So literally within hours of purchasing my first CD, I went back to CD Warehouse with my mom, took it back to the counter, returned it. And I remember the guy at the time, you know, I was young, so he looked a lot older to me. But, you know, you're probably talking a kid in his early, mid-20s. And the dude was just kind of smiling, laughing, like, all right, little buddy. You know what I mean? So that was the first CD I ever got. So I'm going to challenge you during this podcast as well. You know, Sean's a great dude. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about the crow and sort of his image on stage and his Donovan Black alter ego and the music we grew up listening to. But that's just one of the things that that, uh, I still look back on when I look at all the music that I listen to now and the psychedelic stuff and the shoegazy stuff and, you know, Exit Calm and mastodon is awesome and monstro i still i love that record i'd love to see more stuff from monstro but in addition to all the heavy stuff and and that's where it started man i was nine years old and it started with metallica so metallica machine head the sword kill switch shadows fall akaro buried but breathing was also on that bill if my memory serves me correctly another really good local band from my area who had great shows over the years and then the Illumira nothing more seven dust show those those are my top three and so I, I i'm super excited to bring this one to you and uh and give you guys a little bit more about sean aka donovan black story and Illumira's story so without further ado i'm going to shut up and give you guys my conversation with sean aka donovan black of Illumira. <laughs> So for for you, it's been uh, a little over a year and a half now, right? You you became the vocalist for these guys in uh, in January 2013. Yeah, that's right. Um, I was playing with a band at the time called Weep the Beldum, which was uh, one of my projects. Um, actually, started about the same time as the original Illumira, and uh, both bands kind of hit you know hit a wall about the same time. And other guys had an opening for a vocalist, and I had an opening for a band, so we just kind of, I'd known uh, Ricky Smoot for a long time, who was the founding member of Illumira, um, so he kind of reached out to me and just asked if I'd be willing to jump in, and band went to town. Yeah, and, and uh, can you talk about, I mean, obviously you, you, you came in um, when you did, but can you talk about sort of the, the concept behind like the name and, and the message. I, I know there's a lot of stuff about like the Illuminati on the internet and all the, the New World Order type stuff, but uh, what what was the concept behind uh, Illuminera? Really, with um, we, we wanted to find a unique name to start with, and uh, I wasn't in the band when they came up with that name, but I was still a part of uh, kind of the, the naming process. Uh, Ricky was a friend of mine and bounced off me, but um, Illumira in itself are two Latin terms, um, both Illu and Mira, that kind of, uh, they, they both light in their own sense. So the same thing with the Illuminati thing. Um, we're not, uh, you know, we're not Illuminati 
directly affiliated or anything like that. But a lot of the views that some of the guys in the bands have are, you know, they stray from the normal path. And a couple guys that was here, conspiracy theorists, sort of. So we figured, you know, since we're kind of already like that, it's a decent gimmick to play at. Um, it really just, uh, it just kind of all goes to stir up questions. Um, I feel like it provokes interest with uh, a lot of people. That's one of the first things we usually, you know, get asked about is if uh, we're Illuminati members or, you know, what the tie is with it. So, um, you know, we do kind of have kind of that, you know, point of view that, you know, our message out, out on stage is pretty much, you know, don't, don't believe everything you hear. You kind of have to read between the lines, you know, do your research and figure it out for yourself. But we definitely allude to the fact that we have, you know, a, a deeper, darker message behind us. Yeah, I, I just wanted uh, that was one of the things I wanted to ask because it was an interesting name, and and I didn't really know anything about it until a, a couple of years ago when somebody that I worked with at the time was talking about like that type of stuff in music, and I was like, what? And then I, I went on YouTube, you know, and it was just like hours of just, <laughs> like, all yeah. these crazy videos and, like, subliminal messages and stuff, and it was like, whoa, it was like, it, it was almost like a, like a thriller, like a movie, you know? Like, you just, yeah. you just start watching it, and it just gets deeper and deeper, and you're like, what is this, what is all of this? Yeah, it was funny, man, when we were kind of uh, going through... Because when they came up with Illumira, the same time I had named my other band, which was Weep the Beldum, and we were kind of just both trying to reach into the same market because we had, you know, all of our friends. We felt like everyone that was listening to us was, you know, either a conspiracy theorist or someone that was just kind of, you know, more or less, you know, out of the norm. You know, we did have our normal people, so to speak, fans, but a lot of the people that were reaching out were trying to find deeper meaning in it than we had even thought about. You know, it kind of dawned on us that if we, you know, make our, even our symbolism and logo with Illumira, if we make it kind of, you know, not say it's Illuminati or anything like that, but if you, if you allude to it, the questions raised, you know, it's just been a lot of fun for us. So even on stage, because we all have uh, like an alter ego or personality that makes it easier for us to, you know, seem larger than life and people just kind of eat it up. You know, we, we do try and be positive, but that's just, you know, the kind of dark meets light factor with, you know, the new world and order and all that just kind of, I think, sets us apart a little bit. And, you know, as far as what our gimmick and presentation for a show is. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's good that, you know, people people know you haven't sold your souls to the devil or whoever. <laughs> right, right. That's the, I had a, man, I had a soccer mom ask me that. We did a, a concert up in Ida, Michigan, a place called Kirby Fest, and you know, she had three or four kids with us, and her kids had wanted the T-shirt. And she came up and asked, she's like, all right, well, you know, boys, I've met you, and you're nice, but i got to ask, you know, are, are you guys devil worshippers, or what's the deal? And we're like, no, 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 not at all. So, you know, we, I, if a lot of kids, you know, I think get into our message because we're, I'm pretty personal, you know, if there's, if there's any kids in the audience, you know, teenagers or anything younger that I can see, um, I like to involve the crowd a lot. So I feel like kids definitely buy into what we're doing it just scares the parents a little bit because they're not sure about the t-shirts you know we don't have any vulgarity but <laughs> i've been asked on you know a number of times what the deal is if we're satan worshipers or anything like that and you know of course we're not it's just uh you know it's a lot of fun to kind of stir up the suspicion well and i, and I think the whole the whole uh 
rock and metal world in general, you know, people people who aren't uh, into that kind of music, they hear heavy riffs or abrasive vocals or whatever it may be, and, and it just kind of freaks them out because it's not what they're used to listening to, whether it's on the radio or just what they grew up with, you know. So there's always that factor of, like, are they are they devil worshippers? You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> just picture the quintessential grandma just in that exact voice, like, are you guys devil worshippers here? <laughs> What's going on? Who did inspire your stage presence, man? Because, like I said, when I went to that Seven Dust show, um, I think it's hard, as you know, because you guys have played uh, shows with Machine Head. I know you were up at uh, Rockapalooza. You guys have had some some gigs with some some bigger bands and just some bigger gigs. And I and it, and it is always hard um, for for the opening band, whether it's the first band on or the band right before the headliner. Even if you're just rocking out and you and you have a great show, it's always hard to get people's attention because they're not there for you, you know. Um, and one band yeah. that comes to mind that's really blown up in just the last couple of months is Nothing More, um, who was also at that Seven Dust show, and and they both you guys are really able to to capture the crowd's uh, attention and, and get them involved and get people you know bobbing their heads. Where who who inspired uh, your your stage presence? I mean, what what kind of music were you into growing up, and who kind of inspired that uh, sort of activity? I've heard I've heard quite a few different comparisons of. Uh who people think that you know I've kind of taken from and really it's it's kind of a hard question to answer uh, I you know even with my job with innovation concerts I'm around music constantly and you know I'm around music that I enjoy and music that I don't enjoy and you know but any show you see you kind of pick up mannerisms or habits or you see what worked or didn't work for certain people in situations um, so at this point I'm a little bit deluded with with you know really everything as corny as that sounds but just for my basics um i I definitely have always been a fan of maynard james keenan i think that's pretty common with uh, people that are doing the kind of music that we're doing that you know they liked tool or of course we liked deftones yeah but i really i really liked i like his kind of dark side to him um the live performer that I've seen, you know, a number of times and actually, you know, met and had good conversations with that I feel like I've, you know, so to speak, ripped off as far as mannerisms the most, um, the band Tapri. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, but, from uh, uh, Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So when every time they come to town, basically I had, you know, I was in bands and every time I saw them, the singer just no matter if it was because I was started seeing him first with you know four or five hundred people in front of him and then a couple years later I saw him with you know 30 people and no matter what um, he found a way to involve the entire crowd you know they, they kind of take the approach that yeah you're at a show and you know the song just started and you know logically that in three and a half minutes the song should end but there were just a lot of points in time where they would pretty much just like time warp you know they would if something happened wrong uh, or, you know, if something happened in the crowd that he saw, either good or bad, you know, I noticed he'd stop the music a couple times, which at first is going to throw everybody off, but that's the number one way to, you know, catch attention is if you stop what's normal. So they, he would do that. He would, you know, stop the song two, two minutes in to talk to a kid out in the crowd that he saw, you know, or to, you know, yell at someone that's pushing someone else or just to, you know, I think that they just brought the concept to me that the stage is not, you know, 15 feet by 15 feet. Anyone that's in this venue at this point could technically be on your stage. Your only limitation is how far you're willing to push that. So 
also the guy from Taproot, man, he really, I feel like he's been a real big inspiration to me just as far as approach, you know, it's not, it's not negative. Um, he's just high energy and pretty much, you know, fearless. I've seen him jump off of, you know, balconies or out of amphitheaters, just, you know, crazy stuff he shouldn't do. And I've been, uh, I've been able to kind of emulate that, you know, for whatever reason. I think it's just, if you have that draw and you're willing to, let people know that this minute right now is different than any minute you're going to be experiencing. You know, you paid for your ticket, you're already here, you can either be a part of this minute or you can drive home and think, man, I really, I really wish I'd have taken part in that. You know, if you bring that to people's attention in a rock show, it seems like it works out for us. And I think people just want to be, you know, somewhere different for a minute. You go to escape, if you go to a movie or if you go shopping or whatever it is, it's to escape and go somewhere else. And I think that bands can open the door to that more than they know just with their approach to the audience. Yeah, and for you guys, um, you all have sort of that, uh, the, the alter ego, sort of the stage names. Um, how, how did that idea come about? And for you, how did how did Donovan Black come about? Well, for me, um, my uh, when I was born, my mother's name was Donovan. That's her maiden name. Um, so my last name when I was born was actually Donovan. Um, my real name is Sean Blanchard. Um, Blanchard in French is the translation for white. So I kind of knew to do what I was trying to do with this. It really is a completely opposite character than, than I, you know, really am in, in the real world, so to speak. You know, with, uh, like with working the concerts, um, I'm, I'm a high up in management with innovation, so I've got to be you know, on point and professional and I'm around these bands and around friends and I can't really say anything. You know, I pretty much have to make it work no matter what, smile and play the part. But with the Illumira thing with Donovan Black, that's that's really my escape to to be able to say, you know, what I want. You know, I realize that my, you know, fifty friends know exactly who it is, but I think they kinda get it too. And I've always truthfully been a pretty self conscious person. Um, music's the only thing that I really ever had to start with that I was really outgoing with and, you know, willing to try it. Um, I'd never been too adventurous, but with that, um, I had always gotten stage fright. And, you know, as simple as it is, I, I actually read a book by uh, Gene Simmons from KISS that, you know, kind of talked about how they got into doing face paint and, you know, what he did for him. And his simple answer was that it just... You know, it's like a, a football player putting on their eye black. It just kind of sets you in a mindset that's part of a process that takes you out of who you are. You know, if I, I feel like if my mom would see me on stage doing some of the stuff that Don and Black does, I would be getting scolded and, you know, getting the finger pointed. But if you know that's, if it's not really me, I think it all kind of makes sense. Because it is, it's basically a demented version of what, you know, I am. I'm never negative on stage, but I'm very outspoken, and I feel like there's uh, there's just things that Donovan Black is allowed to get away with that, you know, Sean from Innovation Concerts is not allowed to do. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up, uh, are you are you from this area initially? I grew up in uh, Lima, actually Lima, Ohio. I was born. Okay. Spent about the first, you know, 15 years of my life there. Um, when I was uh, 14, my mom had passed away, and uh, I moved up with one of my sisters in a small town called Ottoville, Ohio. So really, I'm, I'm you know, Lima's not huge, but I went from, you know, a bigger school system to moving to Ottoville, which is, I don't know if you know where it's at, it's literally kind of in the middle of nowhere, 35 minutes north of Lima, 
ended up, you know, doing high school there and graduated with uh, 42 other people. So I had, you know, a bigger city experience, and then I went to pretty much live on a farm. So it was it was pretty unique, you know, being able to kind of experience both sides of that. Because I had a city mentality when I was living out in the middle of the country, and you know, no one really. It was very very quiet. Um, Ottaville was a more upscale, uh, higher dollar income level area, but I was still, you know, poor from Lima. So all my friends were rich, and they all had nice cars and nice houses and cool parents. So I would pretty much just for four years of high school crash at whoever's basement or whoever's mom, you know, didn't mind me sleeping, <laughs> you know, or sneaking in when dad wasn't knowing and stuff like that. So I had really had. I would say, you know, kind of nomadic, sort of homeless, but it was like the nicest, cushiest, homeless, you know, high school experience you could ask for. All your <laughs> rich kids, friends, couches, and the sweet TVs in the basement, and all that type of stuff. Well, sorry to hear about your mom, man. Um, but um, I, how how did music kind of help you through through that at that that time of your life? Because I, you know, I'm I'm th- I'm 26 now, and I think back to junior high and. Um, I, I had a good experience with the kids I went to school with, but that's such a weird, weird time because you're in between, you're in between like being a boy and then like going through puberty. Like it's just a weird, it's just a weird time in life. Like how how did music kind of help you through that experience? Yeah, man, you said it best. It was it was just real weird. Um, when I was about seven years old, my mother had gotten breast cancer, and even at that point, I remember. You know, I didn't know at the time, but looking back a couple years later, she pretty much expected that she wasn't, you know, going to make it through that. You know, she was always positive and did everything she could to fight the battle for it. But even then, you know, she kind of let me know as, as a very young kid, hey, this is nothing lasts forever. You need to be this way because this is, you know, this is going to be temporary. Eventually, I'm not going to be here to help you. And, you know, and, uh, it, it kind of like set me up then at a young age to pretty much be right for anything. So, you know, I, it always scared the death out of me. So by the time, you know, between the time I was like seven and teenager, I was just a total mama's boy. Um, you know, my father was cool, but we never never really got, you know, along and never lived with him or anything. So I was just, just with mom. And then having her, you know, she got uh, breast cancer and had again when I turned, just turned 13. So we went about a year with her pretty much just give me crash course training, you know. She straight up told me, like, you know, you become, you know, very attached to me, and this is a point where it's going to suck because we're going to have to do different things now. But, you know, she kind of set me down one time, and really through the entire thing I had about one hour that I sat and just bawled my eyes out with her. But after that, you know, she just had the approach of, you know, she got me through it. It was pretty much progress time. So she, she did her best to explain you know, within, you know, a year, all the things that she thought were going to be an issue for me. And it was like, you know, the going through puberty thing and, you know, being at a, a strange school and not having your driver's license and, you know, sex and drugs and all these things that, you know, a 13 year old starts to experience really for me got all jam packed into one year. So I felt like with the last year I had with my mom, it was crazy. You know, I, it sucks that you know, she had to go the way she did, but I felt like I could have not asked for, you know, better life preparation and training. You know, it was, it was real rough, but having her in my life early on to really help me through it, looking back, I can't say that I would want anything to be different, So I really think that 
having that crash course or just that really brutal experience, which was, you know, honestly, the thing I feared most about life was, as a teenager, you know, losing mom and then going through all that. And then when it happened, after making it through it, you know, I look back and I guess I just have a very positive outlook on everything now because I feel like, you know, I feel like I've been through the worst of everything that I could have expected. You know, not to say I've got children of my own now. You know, there's all kinds of fears that come with that, but there's just nothing that really frightens me about life. It really opened me up to a new way to look at, you know, look at things. I don't, I don't think I limit myself in thought because of, you know, the loss of her and going through all that at a young age. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome that you took like a a positive uh, approach to it because I like I can't imagine you know like I'm I'm close with with both my parents actually I'm they're both divorced but uh, me and my step parents are cool and I've been I've been blessed in that regard that I have pretty good relationships with all of them so I it, it would suck now you know what I mean it, to, to lose them to lose them in in my mid twenties let alone at you know freaking thirteen or fourteen and. Even when I lost my grandpa, I was really close with him. He was like a second dad to me, and he's been he's been you know dead now for a little over three years. So it's it's weird. It's like once once you experience it. I mean, I I just learned you know when when my grandpa died, it was like there's never like a good time to die. You know what I mean? Even even when he was old like that, it was just it still really sucked. You know what I mean? Like, but but you just kind of hold on to the things that they they gave you. You know, and for for him, he really gave me just how to treat people and how to interact with people. He was the type of guy that if you were a complete stranger, if somebody saw the two of you talking 30 feet away, they probably would have thought you were best friends because he just he just had that way with people. So it's it's cool that you've been able to turn a negative into a positive, man. Yeah, you said it there, man. It really is. It's just, you know, all the experiences that you've learned from those people, you know. You don't, I, I seem like I don't even, the big lessons that I'm supposed to learn, I don't necessarily hold on to those, but I definitely know manners, you know. <laughs> I remember being in, you know, a restaurant and mom saying, you know, all right, if you start screaming, you're going out to the car and I'm going to finish my meal. And that's how it's going to go because that's life. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, I just you remember to be polite. You just got to definitely hold on to the positive things. And you really, you really do remember them forever. Loss sucks, but what you gained out of the experience is always going to be way more. So was was hard rock and, and metal and and was that just kind of the music that that spoke to you the most? I mean, was there was there somebody? that kind of got you into it because like when I was growing up I had um like my dad was really into like Tom Petty and Eric Clapton and oh yeah you know, same way man kind of the classic like, rock Tom and then my Eddie, mom was Captain, like Dylan and yeah man all that stuff uh, my, my father was really uh, really listened to a lot of different music you know the classics and all that and I loved listening to it with him but he kind of drove me crazy because it was you know one of his <laughs> obsessions where you know, this dude had every single Bob Dylan album, and you know, this is 10 years ago, but I think there were still freaking 40 Bob Dylan albums at that time, you know, <laughs> every Tom Petty, and he would sit and watch Austin City Limits, and you know, all these blues concerts, and just try and get me interested in them, and I was, but really what, what kind of got it for me is because, you know, pretty stereotypical, but at that time, you know, being a young teenager, I had just lost my mom, I was moving around, I didn't know where I was. You know, I felt like I was the fat kid in school sometimes, just, you know, I was bullied occasionally, I, I was a bully myself occasionally, so it was really just confusing, and the only thing that kind of, like, set me out of that was just jamming to, you know, my Walkman. I'd listen to, you know, even then it was like Korn or, you know, Limp Bizkit or even old old school hip-hop, just, uh, 
mentality and the attitude kind of kind of struck me is, you know, well, these guys are talking about what I'm feeling. So, you know, it seems to make sense to go at this. And I've never, even now, I wouldn't call it like metal, but just the idea of tension really sets me off. It's not really the screaming or, you know, it's not necessarily the, the beautiful singing. It's just the, the tension. If I can see someone on stage or listen to music and it sounds like that they're at their breaking point, that they're crazy and that they're still going, it, I think it just gives me, you know, well, if they can do it, you know, then I can get through this too. You know, some music's not written necessarily about a real experience, but a lot of the harder stuff I felt was just, you know, more honest for what I was going through. And then, you know, after having that, and you lay it out against uh, an Eric Clapton or a Tom Petty, and you hear all that, you just kind of come up with a respect for that. So I was placing people like Korn in the same category my dad was placing, like, you know, Bob Dylan. They were important to him, but these guys were important to me. It wasn't because of their guitar skills. It was because of the way that, you know, they made me feel. They made me feel like I had a chance, or, you know, that I'd mattered, and, you know, that that whole scene seemed to care about people like me. And that's all it was, was people that felt like they were rejected or confused and just didn't know what to do yet. So I think that... You know, you're, you're 26, you're the same age as I am. You know, you went through, I don't know what you listened to, but you definitely heard all the same music that I did growing up. Yeah, you know, just, yeah. Those are the ones that I latched onto, you know, even like the M&Ms and all that. Like, I, I just latched onto anything that had tension behind it. Yeah, corn corn was definitely big. Uh, it, it's funny because my my older brother's like thirty two, so he he was into corn at the time in the in the mid nineties. You know when they had first kind of come about, and when I was in junior high, that was kind of post follow the leader and issues and untouchables. And the one song that I still that I still really love by Corn is um, is Blame on Untouchables. I know that album isn't isn't put in the same same kind of uh, uh, regard as some of some of their earlier work, but uh, but that album really spoke to me a lot. Because I, I, I think it's just whatever you're, like you said, whatever is out when 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 you're kind of at that time, you know that that was that was really a helpful record for me, just because like. I, I didn't really have any any type of identity because I was like friendly to people. I usually got along with most people, but going into high school, obviously, as you know, it's a lot easier if if you know the kids can pigeonhole you. And like I was like an altar boy at a private school, but I also played sports. And then I had like all these guys that I met uh, that I still have you know a couple of them I'm still really good friends with to this day who are who are musicians because I was really into music. So. So high school is weird for me because I didn't really have um, there was not one one category that that I could really be boxed into and, and kids want right. they want to do that to you so so the heavier stuff kind of always spoke to me because like you said it was kind of you know I think I think all kids kind of feel like they're an outcast at some point but it, it just spoke to me the most because I I one I just loved like the riffs but two I just lyrically I, I don't think there's ever been a song by by guys like Jonathan Davis or lj from seven dust um that i didn't feel like i they weren't they weren't really believing in what they were singing that that always spoke to me too yeah man it's funny you mentioned that album i could be wrong but i think the same album the song dirty might have been on i don't know if you know what song i'm talking about but i remember you know i know what blame is and i think hearing that album it was just like you know he just sounded like he's ready to snap like i if you were if you were in sports and you were an ultra boy, then you, you know, it was just a time where you, I just wanted to scream and tell people like, look, like 
I'm cool and I'm not, you know, I'm not popular like this, but this is who I am. You know, I want you guys to see that. And I really felt like, you know, hearing a Jonathan Davis coming over, like, I just wanted to play a loudspeaker. Like, listen, man, this is how I really feel. You know, yeah. <laughs> I might be dressed like a nerd. I might do this. I might be, you know, getting good grades, but here's how I feel. You know, you should, you should respect me for that. Not what, you know, what you think I look like. Yeah, it was uh, that. Those were those were some interesting, and it's funny now because like I I don't know if you have that that a similar experience too, but it's like those records that that meant a lot to you. Like I'll I'll put those on now, or even like Pearl Jam Ten is still one of my all time favorite albums, and um, it takes you right back to the, those times, like when you remember you remember exactly how those songs made you made you feel. It's funny how those albums, as you get older, still kind of stick out to you in that way, you know. Oh, it's nuts, man. I can throw on, like, stained dysfunction and literally remember what seat of the school bus I was sitting on for however many boring hours a day because I had to be last off the bus out in the middle of the country in Ottawa, man. So, yeah, you're totally right with that. Now, for you guys, too, I, I thought what, what really struck me when I saw you guys was you really balance a lot of the melodic uh, presence but but also have some hard rock and, and metal elements. What's What's it been like for you in this band as you guys have, have, have tried to kind of develop your, your own sound and kind of find your own niche? It's been, uh, it's really been freeing for me with these guys. Um, I had played, the band I was in, I mean, I've been in probably 10 bands, uh, you know, trying to do this or that, but the, the band I was in before this band, um, Leap the Beldum, I started with a high school buddy of mine, and we both kind of had equal input of where we were trying to take that project. And uh, it just got to a point where, you know, three years in, we're button heads and, you know, you're down in his good ideas and he's down in your good ideas because you're just not having the same path. And when uh, when it kind of came up that we could do something with Ilamira, you know, I talked to Reggie Smoot and he was, he basically laid it out and said, look, man, we know what we want to do as far as music on this. We don't really have any direction. You know, I've, I've known you, I like what you do. So just kind of come in and, you know, do your thing, do whatever you think you should do. If it doesn't work out, no big deal. But if it happens to work out, then, you know, we'll run with it. And since day one, they've literally just encouraged me to be, you know, just kind of outlandish or say what I want. I've never heard, I've never even heard in practice, you know, hey man, I don't really think people are going to like that. They just, they've kind of trusted me to do, you know, my performance with them. And they've, uh, done nothing but you know try and write around me so they'll come up with riffs that specifically go to make sense with what you know i'm doing as opposed to you know me being so stubborn and saying hey let's let's make this song this way or let's throw some hip-hop behind it and, you know they don't even they don't really fight it they're just like well that's weird and i've never done that but if you think this is going to work you know it's worth a shot and really it's the same way across the board we just we get along better than you know anyone in a band that i've really been with it's just there's there's mutual respect there and we understand that it's two different levels you know we're friends and we're people but we're also you know artists and to grab that creative spirit you just gotta let someone go you know you can't sit there and coach someone through every step of where they need to get to they're just either gonna go there or they're not yeah and it is um a new world in order is that the first the first full length that you guys have done yeah, yep, and uh, that's been a trip in itself. You know, we've been, uh, we started writing songs pretty much right after we got together, um, you know, in February of uh, 13, and uh, 
went through, you know, a year and did some bigger shows and got a little bit of touring done under our belt and been working to record that, but the guy we went to record it with, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Hour 24 at all. Yeah. But, uh... They're they're to, they're from Toledo and they you know they're really making a strong push at doing the touring thing. I think they've been out of the last six months. I think they've spent three or four months on the road touring. And we had uh, uh, his name is Max Klein was playing bass for them. I think he I think they actually just just broke up like last week with him. But he had went out on tour with them and he had all of our masters and everything that we recorded was on his computer, so we couldn't touch it for you know months so it's just been it's been stressful for us to get this album together and pretty much at this point we've just uh done it twice you know we did everything and laid it down once and then felt great about it and couldn't get to it or touch it so we just had to go ahead and do it again um but you know that it's kind of a pain but it also feels really good knowing that you know everything that i heard the first time we recorded this and didn't like now i'm able to change it you know now i'm able to do it you know, the way that I'd come up with after, especially if you're going through the tour, uh, you know, doing 10 shows in a row in 10 different cities really gives you a different outlook on your music. And, you, you know, you kind of emphasize different things differently. But getting the full-length album out has always been on my bucket list. You know, I, I realized that I think every musician knows that they want to leave some kind of mark. You know, if you when you leave the world, you want to have something here that, that says you were here that you know your friends and family can be proud of and pretty much brag about you about i think all musicians would love to watch their own funeral you know we're all weird like that but <laughs> just to see people there you know passing around your cd and stuff i think that's that was always in my bucket list so it feels really good to be at a point with the group of guys that i really get along with that you know i feel like we're going to have a good representation of what we actually you know what we actually do and bring to people that's with uh, the new world in order cd um i really feel like it's just i couldn't have asked for a better you know representation or a you know a statement for the chapter of music that i've really had for the last three or four years trying to get this one album together so is um is max are you guys uh, still working on stuff with him is he still kind of trying to put it together he has a lot of our raw tracks um, but since we worked with him, um, he left and went out on tour. And then when we came back, I was in the planning process for another tour that we were going to do um, from the beginning of November all the way through January this year. And our drummer, Jim, um, just kind of was not able to do it. You know, he kind of let us know that his mindset was not in the touring thing. You know, he had just gotten married, so he had to step out and then we just kind of sat down with the rest of the members and, you know, I laid out my plan because I'd like us to be on the road for, you know, six months out of the year, basically. One month home, one, one month out. So we got to that point with him and decided that with, you know, Max already being something to think about and an issue that we were stressed about and then having to think about replacing the drummer, you know, and just other questions in the band, how to do it. I just decided, you know, to bring up, well, what if we just do this again? You know, what if we do everything you want to do right? Let's go to a different guy. We'll take what we have from Max and, you know, work in what we can. But we've, we've essentially taken, um, you know, a lot of the drum tracks that were there. Jim didn't leave on bad terms, the drummer, but he didn't leave on good terms. So it was one of those things where just to kind of freshen it up, we, we pretty much just wanted to do most of it again. So I'm working with a guy now. Um, his name is, I think, Garen Parker. They do a uh, SoundSpot Studio.
I know they work with uh, the band Demon Shifter. It's like Tony Collins and a couple of guys that play in that band do this. And, you know, they reached out and they're kind of, they're, they're trying to upstart the studio and they, they talked to me and asked if we'd be willing to work there, you know, and if, uh, if so, then they would, I guess that it kind of helps them a little bit because we're, you know, we're not big, but we're reputable enough where at least some of the guys in the local scene would be, you know, more likely to go to their studio to work there. So we've got, you know, a pretty good deal set up with them to finish out the album. Um, a lot of it is parts we've taken from what we did with Max, and a lot of it's just brand new. But we're kind of, uh, we're really going one one more push to go real hard at getting, you know, this album done. We want to have it released and printed in people's hands by springtime. So, and, and I saw that... Um the old guitarist drew in april he he had a kid as well and and is so he's he's not part of it anymore so are you guys in the position right now where um when you're playing shows who who's filling in those those spots at at guitar and drums well it's been it's been really weird drew was actually drew left first um he let us know we left for tour i think uh beginning of june and drew let me know and told the guys I'm in early May that, you know, he loved it, but it wasn't his place. So he was easy. Um, he helped us, you know, kind of replace himself. Um, we have playing his spot on guitar is Robert Longoria, who is uh, the lead singer of a band called Fail and Deliver um, that have been around Toledo for, you know, they were they were another one of those bands between We've developed them and Illumira other than there was Fail and Deliver. You know, we had three groups of bands that really got along together so he you know he being a singer and a guitarist was a pretty easy fit you know and he wanted the tour that's what he wanted to you know to go out and see the world so he jumped right in drew actually helped us train him to get ready to go and i hadn't even had to you know look over really at rob he's just kind of held it together and taken that position to you know his own level he's he's fully acclimated to you know the linear style now and he did that himself that was just what he wanted to take uh, as far as drums, that was kind of, that was a little bit different for us because, you know, we, we knew there was tension going into the tour um, with Jim, and uh, I, I knew that it was either going to show him, hey, I really like doing this, or hey, I absolutely hate this. So um, when he, you know, when he told us that he wasn't having fun, we had to, you know, kind of sever ties, and it was, it was real weird but we didn't have any training for anyone to give out. A couple of us can play the drums, but not, you know, not like what Jim was doing. So I had asked around uh, my brother-in-law to try and get him to come in and play, and he did for a while. And then we asked around Toledo, and we had, you know, probably five or six people audition for us, but just weren't finding the right fit. And then um, I talked to a girl, uh, or a girl, I guess a lady named Norma Jean. Uh, she's, played with a band called the Bloody Buffalo a couple years back and uh, you know she's a female vocalist real good and I remember playing with them at this uh, Universal Records um, label label show it was uh, kind of an audition for the label and uh, my band at the time and their band were both finalists and I remember watching them on stage and thinking oh shit we're totally gonna lose to this band because their drummer is so good I've never seen a drummer this good and she showed up at Frankie's uh, man two weeks ago and was asking about us, and I, you know, I asked, well, man, how's that drummer? What are you guys doing with that drummer? And she said, well, actually, you know, we haven't played for a year and a half, and he's been trying to find something to do. So she gave me his number. I called him right that minute, and 
within the next day, he was he was down to be you know recording with us. So from right this point on, uh, his name is uh, it's Andrew Briz. He goes by Brizzo, and even I've known him kind of off and on for three or four years, and that's all I've known him as is Brizzo. But I think his name is like Andrew Brzezowski. Okay. But uh, he, he's asked that, you know, we only call him Brizzo. Like, he, he, that's his stage persona thing. He doesn't want to have his real name out there. So, so we do have a full-time drummer for this moment. And, you know, we've got several shows kind of planned and feel like I've got a full band to work with again for the first time in a couple months. So Grizzo with a with a G like G R I Z Z O, uh, with a B as in boy. Oh, Brizzo. Okay. Yep. Okay. And uh, if you if you want to, once we get off the phone, I'll because uh, I know I've got his name saved in my Facebook. I can uh, look him up and you know text you so it doesn't you know so it sounds like I know who we're talking about. But no, that's all right. I've, I've only known him as Brizzo. It's weird. And and uh, with him in the fold now, you guys have the you have the second. Halloween Havoc show coming up. How excited are you? Are you for that after um, after last year? Oh man, I didn't even really realize how excited I was until um, last night. Uh, we did um, a feature on 100.7 The Zone, a show called On the Radar, which you know features locals and kind of bags coming to town. Yeah, with so uh, we featured everyone on the show for that with uh, Peapod, right? Yeah, he's a good he's, yeah, he's yeah. a good dude. He's doing a lot of good stuff locally. I think um, he's one of those guys that's really passionate about what he does. He's actually he used to have. I'm pretty sure it was him. He used to have a show um, called Full Suplex. I want to say back at like WWXUT Radio at UT. And he's a big wrestling guy, uh, yeah, Chris. Yeah, that's definitely him. Yeah, he, he's good buddies with my with my buddy Dave. Um, and we we I, I met him a few times back in the day, and, and he went to a couple of a couple of shows. And uh, so I'm I'm really happy that that he's um, that he's been able to get that going um, locally because I I think he he really likes what he does, and it's it's cool that they're featuring local music like that. Yeah, man, it's been awesome working with him. Um, for what what he does for with that show with us, I don't really think there's anyone else that would would be able to do it because he does have. You know, he's very passionate. He really cares. He's real excited every time I see him. He just, you know, he really enjoys doing it. He enjoys the local scene. He enjoys helping out. You know, some of us guys to kind of get exposed. Uh, every time I go in there, man, he's wearing a Daniel Bryan shirt, and I'm wearing like an NWO shirt. So we're totally <laughs> wrestling nerds. We get it. We get along with that. Um, what I was saying, we did the we had the feature on the radio this week about Ilamira and some of the other bands playing. And last night at Frankie's, we had an acoustic set um, where Ilamira played acoustic, just us. To, you know, probably 30, 35 people ended up showing up for it for free to kind of psych up for Halloween. And that was the first time we'd been on stage, and you know, since I think I want to say since September. I don't know, you know, I don't really know how long it's been at this point, maybe even August. So it had been a while since we played, you know, kind of getting back up there. It was out of our element because it was acoustic, but it was just, it hit me, man. I, I really, uh, I've been going crazy not being able to perform. You know, it's it drives you nuts because you go from playing 20 shows in a month to playing once a month or once every two months. You just really have, you know, it builds a lot of tension. So I'm I'm excited to get, get back out and, you know, you know, talk to our friends and, you know, hear what they've been missing and how they've been feeling without being able to hear the Lemira. But more than anything, I just want to get up there and, you know, let loose. Like I said, I think the first 
talked about was, you know, with my, the alter ego and being able to say how I can have to smile through work and then have a set where I'm allowed to say what I want. And, you know, with this, the entire show is kind of my idea. So it really, you know, I just, it really gives me a good feeling to be able to go up there and just, you know, sigh and <laughs> you know, let, you know, let everybody know that, you know, we're back and we're able to continue off what we were doing three months ago. So what, what is are people going to be like uh, like in costumes and stuff? Is it is it going to have sort of that that Halloween uh, theme? Yeah, yeah, full costumes encouraged. Um, I think uh, a lot of the guys in our band are going as wrestlers. Um, some might not, but I'm a total wrestling geek, so I'm going to be Sting. Uh, you know, back in the old WCW. Yeah, he was um, he was my favorite. Everyone's costume encouraged. Sting was my favorite back in the day because he he had that dark persona and was coming out of the rafters. That was yeah. Yeah. That, that. Damn, I don't. I like the movie The Crow, and uh, I even remember as a teenager watching that and thinking, "Holy shit, they just totally ripped off The Crow." <laughs> and you know, I figured, "Oh, that's that's exactly what they had done with it." But those two, you know, even with like with my kind of like my face paint and what I do, just the mentality people tell me all the time, like, "Dude, you look like The Crow." Well, you know, there's a reason for that. <laughs> so that so all you guys will be in costumes, and then everybody everybody that that attends is encouraged to do yeah. the same. Costumes encouraged. You know, the crazier the better. Um, probably have uh, some kind of prizes. Um, I, I uh, I'm the general manager over at Frankie's as well. So I uh, like last year I picked like the best five costumes, just in my opinion, and got them as drunk as possible. So. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned the crow. Um, me, me, and my older brother are, are pretty close, um, and and I, I, uh, I, I got into heavy music because he was really into Metallica and Corn growing up. So that was like the first, the first, my first introduction to kind of going in that realm. But then, then I found that it spoke to me the most. So I've always uh, I listen to a lot of different stuff now, but but the heavy stuff I still really gravitate to. And I, and I was hanging out with him Friday night, and I was like, "Do you realize?" I was like, "I just watched." the crow like two weeks ago for the first time ever i'd never seen that movie like all the way through and i was like and he's like dude that's he goes wasn't it awesome he's like that's seriously that's in like my top two i that's one of my all-time favorite movies yeah that yeah, i just like you know at the time i watched it too it's literally the same thing uh my older brother i've got man i've got i think seven older brothers and four older sisters and stepsisters and half-sisters and brothers mixed in there. But I only really ever got, I was really close with my closest older brother. He's uh, five years older than me. Was always pretty much, you know, whatever music he was getting into, I was stealing his tapes or I was stealing his CDs and that's what I was jamming. So then he got me into the same thing. And with like The Crow and all the movies he would watch, I watched him just because I thought he was cool and that's what he did. But it was it was a lot of the darker stuff, you know. And when I watched that movie, it just kind of, you know, it kind of made me feel more, you know, more powerful. I like the I like the dark villain superhero. You know, I felt irritated that I had to be, you know, so helpless and couldn't really do anything to help anyone. And, you know, a superhero like the dude, like the crow, it just seems so. You know, it's almost ice cold, man. Like it's just very, you know, it's a dark kind of power. I've always liked that idea. 
Yeah, and that movie really does take you somewhere else too, because it's very comic booky in terms of uh, like the setting and everything. Like I, I looked up where they filmed that, and they filmed it in like North Carolina, which was kind of surprising to me. But um, the setting that they had was was awesome in that. Like watching that, it really felt like kind of like a comic book played out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It was cool. Well, yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I appreciate the time, Sean. I mean, this is—it's been awesome talking to you, uh, getting to more familiar with you and in Illumira, and uh, I hope the the Halloween show and everything uh, for the new year goes well for you. So, is that is that the plan to uh, to try to get the album out by spring, and then then hopefully do some touring? Yeah, man, uh, get the album out hopefully uh, early springtime. I would say April's our goal on that, and then uh, I, I'm going to have us out on tour again um, starting in May. You know, I've, got, I've been talking to uh, a couple people. We did um, some touring with a band called Spence uh, this past year, and they were great. So um, you know, I think we're going to end up lining up 25, 30 dates with that. I'm um, going to see how that goes and, you know, kind of try and build the summer out around touring. But, you know, I'm, I feel, I think we're most alive and, you know, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing if we're able to be on the road. You know, it's always tough to know make make up the money and pay the bills to get it done but it's one of those things you know it's we just feel really comfortable out there so get the album done and you know go back out and hit it sounds good man and just out of, just out of curiosity what are what are you listening to right now I, I always like to try to to try to peek into people's minds and see what they're what they're listening to i've been on a local kick lately man i've been listening to um a group called mbk which is my brother's keeper um it's composed of like it's got a laws and six digit and a couple of like the east side local hip-hop dudes so that's i've had their their demo in my cd player lately um other than that i've got a five finger death punch cd that i you know it's the one that i think the original one had like the bleeding on it and i found that under one of my seats so i've been rocking mbk and five finger death punch <laughs> Yeah, that first album, I saw them, uh, a couple of my, two of my, my all-time best friends, we actually went down to Cincinnati like six years ago to see Disturbed and Death Punch opened for them and people, and, and it was at Bogarts and it's like this cool old like German theater that they turned into like when Live Nation started buying up a lot of places, they turned it into a concert venue. So it's it's been like that for a while, but it was cool because it's like, it just had this huge wooden floor and like a really tiny balcony and like the bar and everything was in the back. So, so I, I told my buddy Chad, I was like, you know, dude, you know, I, it's like I'm, I'm not trying to get killed here. <laughs> so I was like, let's, right. let's, let's, let's get on the right side. So at least we'll have like a little bit of leverage. But Death yeah. Punch went on, and uh, I couldn't believe that dude's crowd control, Ivan. And uh, we got a chance to meet him after, and he was like a super down to earth, cool guy. So it's it's been it's been kind of nuts to see just how far they've come in, in a short amount of time. And I know that they they're on the road all the time. I, I sometimes I wonder how they do it without just like going nuts. But uh, it's it was yeah, it was know, cool man. to catch they're them. Definitely soldiers, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought their new stuff was good, but yeah, that the the first the first record, it, I I got it after that show because of course I was like all about it. I was like, dude, that was so awesome because my ears were ringing for like three days, <laughs> and I was like, I have to get that record. So it's it's cool to see see them doing what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> Alrighty, righty there you have it. 
That was Sean, a.k.a. Donovan Black from Illumira. Really good rockers right here from my hometown of Toledo, Ohio. So happy to bring you guys this episode. Sean is a really nice guy. Been through some stuff in his life. And for him to be where he is right now with his band, trying to get things where they want to go, they're just a really, really good live show. If you have a chance to check them out, please check them out. Make sure you go to facebook.com forward slash Illumira. Follow them on Facebook. They are working on their debut full length, The New World in Order, which you are going to get to hear a song from that debut full length titled A New World in Order. Lo and behold, baby, right here. Thank you to Sean for that. Always love to try to share music with all you guys. In addition to, to the background and on these guys and more of their story, it's really cool to be able to to bring their music to you as well and, and give you guys an idea of what they sound like and what they're going for and in terms of their stage presence. You can kind of get an idea of if you go to YouTube and just type in Illumira, there's some stuff on there from their live shows and you get an idea of, of what these guys bring to the table and I'm telling you, man, I'm not just hyping it up because it's my hometown. If you get the opportunity, make sure that you come to the March Madness show on Friday, March 13th, this upcoming Friday in Toledo, Ohio. It's going to be on Main Street on the east side. It's going to be at Iggy's and at Frankie's. They're both right down the street from one another. There's going to be a lot of bands from a lot of different genres. I mean, we're talking rap, rock more metal type stuff i mean it's it's really really cool and that's what's been awesome for me to get my feet wet in my hometown and this stuff the stuff that i really love doing is you know there are so many bands from so many different ends of the musical spectrum that are all coming to each other's shows and supporting each other and you have groups like innovation concert who's concerts who's working really hard to put these shows together and put these bands together and it's really cool that something like this is happening you know i mean i don't know other places if things like this are going on i can only speak for for my hometown but i I think it's really awesome that there's a lot of bands here from different genres who go to each other's shows support each other you know pump each other up on facebook try to let each other know about shows and their fans come to their shows and then you become fans of, of you know another band i mean it's just it's a really cool thing man you know it's a really cool thing that um there's camaraderie because music to me you know, it's not a competition. You know what I mean? It's art. It's what you feel, and and it's it's what's inside of you that comes out on stage and that comes out on the albums. And it's really cool when these bands share that with people, but also share it with each other, and and support each other. You know what I mean? So if you get a chance, I'm telling you, go to innovationconcerts.com. Check out the deets on the March Madness show on March 13th, there's going to be a lot of really, really awesome bands. And it's going to be a really good time. I mean, where else are you going to see this kind of music for $7? I guarantee you that you're not going to find anything else like it in terms of 7 bucks. So hop in the car with your buddies, take a fun little road trip, you know, split the hotel fare. If you don't got to work Saturday, stay the night, have a good time. Make sure that, you know, one of you guys is safe driving. Do not drink and drive, but stay in Toledo, you know. If you're out of town and you want to make a little out, couple-hour road trip, I'm telling you, man, there's going to be a lot of really good bands at this thing, a lot of really good bands. Tropic Bombs, who I know I talk about a lot on the show, but I love those guys. They're friends. I've known Ryan for four years, the lead singer, really nice guy. They make great music. Their live show is incredible. 
They are the bumper music you hear here on the show. So go to facebook.com forward slash Tropic Bombs. Check them out. Goodbye, Blue Skies, a band you will be hearing from soon on this podcast. They are also working very hard on their debut full length. They've made a lot of noise. Brian Stars on YouTube um, does a lot of music interviews with different artists, different bands. I'm sure you guys are familiar with him. He actually featured their song Babyface Nelson, if I'm not mistaken, their video for that. So they're making some noise. Illumira, who you just got to hear a little bit more about with Donovan Black's story. They're great live. Stretch, who's been on this podcast just a few weeks ago. I mean, there's just so many good bands, you guys. So I'm not just pumping it up because it's my hometown. I'm just trying to let y'all know that there's some good stuff going on. So facebook.com forward slash Illumira. Thanks again, Sean. I really appreciate you taking the time, my friend. So go to facebook.com forward slash Illumira. Follow those guys on Facebook. Stay up to date with what they've got going on, upcoming shows, the progress on their debut album, New World in Order, the title track, which you will hear at the end of this show. So psyched. So psyched. Just positivity, man. Positivity. Pay it forward. You know what I mean? I feel enlightened lately. I feel more more vigorous for life lately. You know, I'm, I'm happier, and I'm, I'm so excited that... Um, Many of you are listening to this show from all over the place, man. It's really humbling. It's really awesome. And as I always say, man, it's not about me. You know, I started this thing as a way to to really give more of the deets on the musicians and the bands and artists, more importantly, the people that I get to talk to. It's it's cool when you get a chance to talk to somebody and get to know their story a little bit because I think sometimes this life gets a little crazy. You know, we, we get caught up on our own little things and we get caught up swimming upstream a lot of the time and we get we just get caught up in our own mess sometimes and and we make our own mess sometimes and we get in our way sometimes you know and music is therapy for a lot of that for all of us whether you're into rap rock old school hip-hop new school hip-hop metal you know whatever you listen to music is therapy for all of that and i i feel like Part of what's awesome about having the opportunity to do this is you get to see, well, hear, because you're not watching it, but you get to hear more about these people on an individual level, you know, the stories of how they came to be. There's a lot of bands out there who are struggling. There's bands who, you know, are broke, but they love playing. And, and I'm sure there's days, too, where they're thinking, man, when when's going to be my time? You know, when, when are we going to break through? And there's been stories on this podcast, nothing more one of them, where, you know, it took those guys a good 10 years, you know, to finally get to a point where they're, you know, now they're playing overseas with Hailstorm and Wilson and they're playing Soundwave and, you know, shows with Five Finger Death Punch and Volbeat and hell yeah, it took 10 years to get to that point. 10 years of believing in what they did, committing to what they did, loving what they did. And and to me, those are, those are, very key to anything in life man so whether you're in a good situation right now whether your life is not in a great situation right now just remember you know you'll get through it you will get through it persevere keep your head up stay positive and pursue what you love and be good to people and i promise you you will get through it i'm a young guy i just turned 27 on wednesday 
I'm getting older. I'm getting conscious of getting older. But it's a pleasure and a privilege for me to bring this show to you guys because I have a lot of fun doing it, man. I have a lot of fun doing it. And I, I hope that in some way, and in addition to sharing music, that some of these stories that you hear, especially today, you know, hearing what, what Sean went through in his life to get to where he is now, you know, I hope that it imparts some type of just just like life wisdom, you know what I mean, to let you know that you're not alone out there. Everybody goes through stuff, whether you got a million dollars or you got a negative balance in your account, you know, it's not about money. It's, it's about who you are and how you treat people, and we all go through things. So in addition to sharing cool new music with you guys and the background on a lot of these artists and a lot of these people, I also hope that it's, it is therapeutic for you in some way, you know, to, to, to be, be more human and realize that there's a lot of other people who go through a lot of similar things, man. And that's really what it's all about. It's about connection. So I'm going to lighten it up a little bit here and say thank you again for listening. I have been very, very hard at work, as I've mentioned before, getting all the old podcasts, the old shows up. Started this puppy back in, ooh, geez, what was it, like the fall of 2012? It was September, October was the first, the first show that we did. Me and Mike Jameson, who's doing very well, by the way. Mike says hi. And remember, you can check us out. I know, I'm doing some shameless plugs right now. You can check us out on 106. Point five FM Sports Radio 106.5 every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time from 8 a.m. Eastern Time to 9 a.m. Eastern Time and if you don't live in this area you can just download the TuneIn radio app on your phone and go to Toledo Sports Network and you can hear all the stuff that we do when we've got live stuff going on but in addition to that like I said gotta get back on track here my mind is like a hamster in a wheel where was I? oh yeah I've got all the old shows up on my YouTube channel now. So if you just go to YouTube and type in Bauman's Breakdown, you will find the old podcast. There's only like one or two old ones where I just got to find the files. There's only like maybe one or two that are lost in the shuffle somewhere. But I got them. I got them somewhere. But right now there's like 25 or 26 shows pretty much up to where we are right now with the show. So um, if you, if you want to check out some of those old shows – Make sure you go there. A lot of fun ones. A couple of really good ones with Doc Coyle. Uh, Mike D from Kill Switch Engage. Tropic Bombs. Uh, Jared from Surrender the Fall. Elias Soriano from Nonpoint. Ray from Corn. Um, Beaver Nelson. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of, lot of fun ones on there. A lot of, lot of fun ones. Poor Young Things. Matt from Poor Young Things. A lot of cool ones on there. So check them out on the youtube channel if you want to go back and listen to some of those old episodes and thank you for listening as always like i said man i really appreciate the love it's really awesome to see that uh you know people from all over the world are listening to this man it's cool it's it's cool that uh that the goal for this which is just to share music with people is is happening you know to share music and stories with people so thank you very very much thanks again to sean aka donovan black from illumira once again go follow those guys on facebook facebook.com forward slash Illumira. Big show coming up on March 13th, the March Madness show. It's going to be at Frankie's and Iggy's. For more details, go to innovationconcerts.com. But really all you got to know is going to be a lot of good music. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it's $5 in advance and $7 at the door. Okay, 7 bucks, 7 bucks. 
Trust me when I say if you want to take a fun road trip with your buddies, like I said, don't drink and drive. Do not drink and drive. You can stay at a decent hotel in Toledo between the three of you or four of you, especially if you split it four ways for relatively cheap, and it'd be well worth your time to go have fun, go to the show, stay the night in town, get up the next morning, have some breakfast, be like, oh, dude, that was so awesome. Your ears will still be ringing. You can drive home and be like, dude, that was a fun weekend, man. I'm glad we did that. Innovationsconcerts.com. Going to be a lot of good bands on that March Madness show. So without further ado, dun, 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 drum roll, please. Drum roll. I'm going to give you a new song from Illumira called A New World in Order. The title track from their debut full length. I'm also going to put up the YouTube video for it as well. The link to the YouTube video on bombsbreakdown.podbean.com. And remember, too, you can also check out the show not only on iTunes, but you can also check it out on Podcast Addict. That's a really cool podcast app. I have it on my phone. You know, shows that I listen to religiously, The Crab Feast, Jay Moore, Jay Moore's Adam Carolla. I mean, Jamie Josta's show is really awesome. I've got all those on my Podcast Addict app. I do have Android. I'm not sure if it's on iPhone, but um, it's a really fun, user-friendly app for podcasts. So if you're interested in checking out the show that way, you can go there as well. But I'm going to put up the links to the story on Illumira from Toledo Free Press. You can check that out at ToledoFreePress.com. That link will be up on BombersBreakdown.Podbean.com for the show. I'm also going to put up the link for the YouTube video for Illumira for A New World in Order. And you guys are going to get to hear that song right now so thanks again to sean aka donovan black of illumira follow him on facebook.com forward slash illumira i'm gonna wrap things up as always by saying keep the faith and be kind to one another here is a new world in order from illumira peace The simple laws of life Be hard at work inventing drama Just another scar to find No matter what it takes to charge up Being ignorant and blind Can now afford to pay the piper So the piper lets it ride Until the piper's had enough And presses decency aside Then turns to stress and simple weakness To provoke a suicide Of every mind, of every kind At any time I feel the spine As if I'm standing here with courage As if I'm not the reason why I don't hate you
that I am precisely as insignificant as the day after that and the day after that. I don't hate you anymore. I just.